Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. NLA Live 2020 is around the corner. NLA Live 2020 will be held in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Talking Stick Resort. It is it a beautiful hotel and casino? And we have an incredible lineup of speakers that we'll be announcing here shortly. You can find out more information and get the very best deal on pricing by visiting nextlevelagents.com and clicking on our events page. We look forward to seeing you there. Again, nextlevelagents.com and click on the event page. Hey guys, Kevin here. Today I'm joined by my friend and really smart guy, Joe Bell. I met Joe years ago when he was literally strolling through my office in Tempe, Arizona. We talked about that a little bit on the episode. Joe's a really smart guy. He is a very happy-go-lucky guy, but he's very intelligent. He's just one of those guys like you can never underestimate him because he is just so smart. He sees things from a different angle. I really like his perspective had him on the show because we're always talking about what's going to happen in the future. What are things that we can do to protect ourselves now as real estate agents and what should we be looking at and thinking of for the future? So at any rate, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Sit back, relax, enjoy my conversation with Joe Bell. All right. Next level podcast listeners and viewers. We're back. And this week I'm joined by my buddy, Joe Bell up in Alaska. Joe, how's it going, brother? (laughs) Going real well. How about you? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm so glad we finally got the chance to get this, uh, get this recorded, get this on our schedule because we've been kind of going back and forth for some time now around uh, just catching up and with what's going on both in our personal lives but also in business because you and I tend to have a lot of uh, discussions around real estate and, and what's going on there. So I'm so stoked for this conversation. Yeah, man, you're like, you're like one of my favorite keyboard rangers, right? Where, when I get all fired up, I'm like, oh, Kevin will be stoked on this and we'll go back and um, so yeah, it's great to be able to connect uh, via the computer. Um, but I'm not the busy one, man. You're the busy one. Getting on your schedule is the challenge. I'm I'm over here chilling in the resort town. Like, hey, whenever you want, let's get together. You're just going, hey, is there enough snow today? Can I can I ride today? Is probably what you're thinking every day. No, you know, no doubt about it. Uh, times are crazy, and um, you know, only having so much time to set to set up for the podcast definitely. Uh, can uh, can limit that, but I'm glad we seriously glad we got a chance to do this today. So, dude, why don't we start here? Like, I remember when I first met you, man. You're just this dude strolling through my office. Uh, I don't know, six years ago, five years ago, and I'm like, who's this guy? And Jacob, our mutual friend's like, oh, you got to meet Joe. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to meet Joe. So, but no. So that's my first. You know, I remember when I first met you and we got the chance to talk. I was like, oh, okay, this guy's actually. This guy's cool. Now I see why Jacob likes him. I see why Cody likes him. Um, but why don't why don't you tell us like who's Joe Bell, man? Like how long you've been in real estate? Tell us a little bit about your real estate career. Uh, it's kind of a loaded statement, right? Uh, <laughs> for a long time, I thought they just they just kept me around for the for the uh, pretty face, you know. But then they ended up realizing that the face wasn't wasn't all there was. Um, so yeah, here's the one thing. Um, you mentioned me just kind of strolling through your office down in Arizona. Um, and that's been a lot of my career. Like I've been super stoked on real estate. I think it's such an amazing industry. It offers, you know, a really unique vehicle 
to get you from where you are to where you want to go with one conversation, right? Um, because you can be struggling, uh, you know, had, have your lead generation sources all dried up and it takes one conversation. You run into, you know, somebody that wants to buy a property for 2 million bucks and boom, you've got a $50,000 commission. It can change your life. But there's also a double-edged sword to that, right? Because then you start relying on that piece of it. I won't get too far into that, you know, um, because you asked me who I am. So um, I'm from Alaska. I'm born and raised up here. Um, shortly after the time that uh, we connected, I moved into the CEO role with um, the Keller Williams brokerage up here. At that time, they were doing roughly around a billion dollars in production per year like just massive massive player. office like i've met so many people that have come out of that office like such what a massive office despite cody's best efforts to make it terrible like he did had such a great group of people i think it's because tumor came in and cleaned up after him and really made it so awesome but you know seriously like i've got so many good friends that have come out of your office there and like that's a that's a classic brokerage right there that has just cleaned up Totally. Yeah. No, uh, Cody made a big mess. Mom came in, cleaned it up. And then she's like, here, Joe, you know, so I had these, these massive shoes to fill, uh, stepping in after those two. Um, so I, I got that experience and, um, you know, really through that experience, I started to look at, um, the industry a little bit different in regards to how we're setting ourselves up for the future. And we'll dive into that a little bit more, but, um, you know, that was, let's see, I think I was in year year 11 in the industry by that time had gone from, you know, this punk 26 year old uh, coming in as the market was just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, which was good because it, it made me earn my stripes and I was still around after three years of that and things started going up, built a team from uh, 6 million to 35 million and everything was really, really good. Um, you know, and then quite frankly, um, I don't know if many folks say this, uh, but I got bored. I got, I got bored with success. That's so dumb to say. I, like, I got bored of making the money that we were making um, because it, it, it was simple, right? Because it's here's leads, here's the activities, here's what you can make. And um, I'm very entrepreneurial, so I like to throw monkey wrenches in the mix and <laughs> screw everything up and rebuild it or rebuild something new. It's just really fun for me to dig in and look at different aspects of the business. So while we had a lot of success, um, you know, beyond that it was, well, what's, what's different? And I look for, you know, some of the vibrations in the market or in the industries that I can go and capitalize on. So um, I jumped over into flipping homes and uh, we started in 14 doing that. And we've had a lot of success. We typically have about one and a half to 2 million wrapped up. Um, you know, on the investment side of things. And now we're getting into development and we're going to do a new build construction. So um, the evolution in real estate has been amazing uh, because I've been willing to kind of step out there. It always hasn't been super positive, um, but the majority of my success has come from stepping outside the box and kind of being uncomfortable and seeing what it's like over there, you know? So um, it's an ebb and flow when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the industry and where my involvement is. Uh, so, you know, here today we have, we have a brokerage. Uh, it's a very small brokerage. It's focused on um, member-driven investments. So we utilize commissions that um, a licensee would typically pay 
and we go and invest those dollars on their behalf um, to earn a return. And so we're building an investment vehicle for the future for them right alongside their real estate business, um, which That's is awesome, super unique, right? Well, again, you and I, uh, we banter back and forth about this iBuyer and evolution in the industry. And, um, you know, one thing that I don't want to happen is anyone that I'm surrounded by around, um, I don't want them to have the rug pulled out from underneath them. And so, you know, you, you look at like what EXP and KW has done to the market with the profit share, the rev share. Well, if for whatever reason, transactions were to soak up a little bit and there just weren't as much, like all the recruiting efforts would start to um, dry up. And that's, that's just perception, right? That's my own, my own thing. Um, because if there's less transactions, there's less recruiting dollars to pay out. And so I want to focus on how we insulate ourselves if something like that was to happen, heaven forbid, right? But well, I think, I mean, if anything, if we've learned anything from history, it's that do, things do go like it's cyclical, right? There, it, it's not always just going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. It's going to, it almost never stays the same when it does. It's for a short period of time. And so, yeah, like the reality is there's a lot of realtors today. Um, there's a whole lot. There's a lot of transactions. I remember I got licensed in 07 and in, yeah. I remember in 08 and 09 too, like the number of transactions, even here in the Phoenix market where there's a lot, like there's a lot of deals that happen in Phoenix, right? Yep. And then there was like, I remember the first time we, I remembered as a licensee hitting like 7,000 or 8,000 transactions in a month, like for the whole market. Whereas like, that was like a, it was a milestone then to me in my career. Cause I had only been in, right. in this, in this downturn. And now it's like, that's a super slow month for Phoenix. Yeah. Because aren't you getting nine or 10,000? Yeah. It's like 9,000, usually 9,000 a month. Like it's, it's a lot. And so, you know, yes, it, it's, it's cycles. It's cyclical. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. There'll be fewer licensees. There'll be times when there's more licensees. I think part of what you and I have talked about too is, the fact of, okay, now we finally, for the first time really in the history of real estate, we have this collision course of technology coming in, consumer behavior driving that, and expectations are starting to change because of it. And so not only do we have, have we had this massive run-up now for a long time, um, you know, prices have just gone up. The number of NAR uh, members have just gone up. Yep. And eventually, now it's got this, it's on this collision course with technology and consuming uh consumer behavior changing so what's going to happen granted you and i don't know we don't have crystal balls but something likely could happen where it looks negative compared to where it is today and really that's just an opportunity however what struck me about what you're talking about and, and some of the things we've talked about is it doesn't have to be negative right there there are opportunities for us to insulate ourselves um from the future from or not even just from a change, but maybe just a change in our own behavior and what we want to do. We interrupt this podcast to remind you that the NLA Live 2020 conference is coming up on April 23rd, 24th, and 25th of 2020. It is not too early to register. Visit nextlevelagents.com today and click on the events link for more information and ticketing. Right, right. Well, that's a really good point. Um, you know, I mentioned, and I'm sorry if you're hearing all these dings coming through. I've got 
some, I'm, I'm on some damn group text and I don't know how to disconnect it from my computer. So if, if you're tech forward and you know, you tell me. We're um, good. It's, it's fairly quiet. So we're, we're okay. Okay. Solid. Um, so yeah, you bring up a really good point. Um, there's, there's so many folks that, you know, that 06 to 09 came in, earned their stripes, went on to do amazing things, right? Like you and Fred were the short sell guys. And there's so many people in uh, our market that came in around that time and went on to build either amazing individual businesses um, and still have those to, these, to this day. Big teams have gone on to become big, you know, speakers and bold coaches and all kinds of different stuff. Um, and I think you, you um, kind of reach the end of the runway for certain roles. And as a licensee, for some of us, I think we just get tired of, well, I've got to go meet these sellers at their kitchen table tonight. Like it, it just wasn't enough. It was great money, right? But uh, that old adage about it's not all about the money, like it just wasn't. I was more excited about, you know, um, developing an evolution within the industry and how do we um, really impact the future versus going to another seller's table because I want to go get another $8,000 commission. You know, so um, there's, there's opportunity in this, uh, in this industry. And I think you and I just came upon it at the right time to kind of see this team thing. You know, it just, it's been a really awesome run in that regard. Um, you know, and now it's like, okay, what's next? You've got, you've got this iBuyer. Actually, I'm just going to stop saying that. You've got this cash infusion into the industry. Right. You've got, right. I mean, um, anymore, it's we've got to make a cash offer because that gives us the better chance of getting the property. And then we'll come in and we'll refinance it in the back. You know, there's fly homes out in Washington that's doing that. Um, you're starting to see some of those movements with within KW, which is a massive, massive, you know, shift um, to steer. And I just think we're going to see the, the cash piece come in in such a major way. Add that with the big entities. You know, um, you guys have Wander, Wander Jaunt, I think, down there in Phoenix um, and Austin. And their goal is like four to eight million in acquisition per month to um, present an Airbnb-esque model. And, and you're starting to see that with some of these companies, some of the hotels, some of these corporations, they're all sinking in on the industry to grab their piece, which again goes back to where are the transactions going to be. If the market takes a dump, are they going to continue purchasing? Remains to be seen, but it could be a good time for equity grab, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we just don't know. And it would be super cool where you've got the millennials and all the young folks that are like, oh, I'm going to go chase my wanderlust and I'm not going to buy a car, buy a house, buy a anything. So you and I here being a little bit older mindset of investment driven, we can go and we can start to mop up some inventory and it could be really, really beneficial for us. But I think that's what the big corporations are also starting to do. And they've got the dollars to play in a different way. Yeah. And I, I think one of the, one of the big opportunities that we have as agents seeing what's going on in our industry is, you know, okay, so you said iBuyers. Let's just talk about them for a second. Zillow, yeah. Open Door, Offer Pad. We call them Zoo here in Phoenix, right? And there's others. Um, but the Zoo, Zillow, Open Door, Offer Pad. 
like they're not going to buy every single thing, say in Phoenix or in Denver or Dallas or whatever, whatever the other 30 cities they're in or 50 cities that they end up in. They're not right. going to buy everything. But so what that does is that creates number one, it creates another opportunity for me to still exist as a realtor because they're not going to be the only, they're not going to control hundred percent of the inventory. But number two, it, what I think this is going to do is as this, uh, as we start to compress as an industry, right, there's not always going to be 1.2 million realtors. Like there's not, I don't know if that number is 500,000, 700,000. I don't know what that number is, say five years from now, but I believe it's less and I would bet on that. So what I think is, okay, we're going to have, we will have fewer competition, which is good because there's going to be probably fewer deals that we that we're allowed to transact as an agent and maybe less money per deal. You, you kind of, we, we can kind of go there here in a little bit too. But so then I go, okay, like how else can I make money, right? So what are the other ways I can have income? Maybe it's the investment piece. You know, maybe it's a bringing a property management um, type of company in-house, some other mm -hmm. sort of service to my already service-based business. Like what can I add to it? So that way I don't have to worry about sitting in a living room next, next week, next month, next, next hour in order to make my next check, right? Because right. so many of us as realtors of the 1.2 million realtors, the average income is like 39 or $42,000 over the last two or three years per NAR. Right. That's not exactly killing it. And that means there's not a lot of leeway to, to like make ends meet for most realtors. Right. So how do we combat, like, what do we do? Like, so I guess that's my question for you, Joe, tactically you're talk. I want you to, okay. So I'm just your buddy, Kevin. I sell real estate. And you, yeah. you're worried about me now because you're going, dude, you're just going from deal to deal. What do I, what do I do, man? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And the, the population out there that's asking that in this industry, if, if they're not, they should be, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> so it, it presents a really, a really cool opportunity, I think. Um, again, I, I kind of touched on the investment side. Uh, the, the challenge that I run into is, you know, I would venture to guess that 92, 95% of the agent population, licensee population, probably can't retire on their own means, right? Um, you've got some of the, the big teams. I mean, you've got to be pumping 250 to 300 per year gross to probably, probably be in a comfortable position with a little bit of discipline to actually go and invest those dollars. Right. right. But what are you going to do? You're going to go invest in a fourplex for um, four or 500,000 bucks. Uh, you've got to put a hundred down, right? Unless you live in the dang thing. Who wants to live in a fourplex? I guess there are times where you have to, but um, so you're going to go put a hundred thousand dollars down and you're going to make 1500 bucks a month. Like it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't equate to truly, um, being able to capitalize immediately, which is what most folks are looking for, is cash flow, right? End of the day, cash flow. So, so the question is, how do we how to create systems of cash flow moving forward? We've got, we've got a business that we can utilize and either we go even more all in on that if we're not there yet, or that just becomes a nice leverage stream of income, okay? So folks that have teams, that's a, that's a really cool perk, right? Um, we need to, if our business isn't there and it's not really creating a cash flow beyond 39,000 bucks, well, maybe we need to right here, right now, dig in and 
go, go do the activities to build that thing out a little bit, right? Go blow up a sphere, add a thousand people, 2,500 people to then create the numbers that are going to earn you more dollars, just purely based on averages, right? Um, Cause that'll, that'll probably generate you another 30 to $40,000 if you can go do it. There's a couple of real specific strategic plays that you can do, especially with social media, go find some homeowners. They're gonna really need us here shortly. Um, but ultimately it comes back to cash flow. So from there, I start moving over in the direction of investments. And I, I think it might've been next level, I saw a post where it's like, hey, if I had a hundred thousand bucks, where would you tell me to go spend that if I wanted to turn a hundred thousand bucks into a million dollars, right? So. Um, before I, before I go down my tangent, right? Did you have any thoughts on that specifically? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of thought. I have, <clears throat> sorry, I have a lot of thoughts on this subject because there is a little bit of this, hey, okay, for example, like I'm an established agent, you're an established agent. We've got a, we've got right. a book of business we can go back to. Could we go more all in on it? Yes, could we squeeze, I don't call it another, $4,000, $5,000 a month out of it yeah. with a certain amount of effort. Absolutely. And then the question I ask is, okay, but if I'm making enough money to live and reach my financial goals and I still have more bandwidth, what do I do? Should I be say, Hey, you know what? I need a, I need a week or excuse me, an hour a week or 10 hours a month to look at how much, you know, to look for deals, to basically look for these investments or look for the opportunities they're going to bring me cash flow above and beyond where I currently live. That way, in case my real estate business dries up, goes away, gets cut in half, whatever that looks like, I still have an income and I, I have a soft landing, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So well, how, like what, like, so my, I guess my, what my first question to you is what questions should I be asking? Like I, I'm that agent right now, Joe, like yeah. what questions should I be asking or, what should I be doing to start to set myself up for that better? Yeah. So <clears throat> what I've seen in a lot of conversations with folks that have been in 15, 20 years, right. And they don't have much to fall back on is, is more a challenge of discipline, right? You get into the real estate roller coaster, you spend it when you got it, you don't, when you don't. Right. right. Um, and so the majority of them don't have more than shoot 10 to 20,000 bucks to really be, be investing with. So that creates the challenge. And even if they did, again, 100,000 bucks equating to 50, even 1,500. I mean, I'm, I'm being a little, uh, I'm giving, right, in that number, if you're lucky, if it's that high. Um, but 1,500 isn't going to give you any sort of soft landing if the business got taken away from you, right? right? So again, it's, it's back to the conversation about cash flow, And this is where for me, okay, you, you asked the, the question, what question do I need to be asking? I think, um, are you in tune with the market and the direction that it's going? Right. And what does that mean to you? Um, are you geared towards investing? Do you feel comfortable with, pushing your money into something that's going to earn a return? Or um, do you have any money to invest? Uh, because then this gets into a conversation of control. How can you go and control the biggest piece of real estate for the smallest amount of money out of your pocket that's going to equate to the cash flows, right? 
you, you have the Airbnb arbitrage um, model in place right now. And I think it's a beautiful model. It's very uh, millennial-esque, right? There's no ownership yet. You can still squeeze the dollars. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one really solid play that I think um, a, lot of, a lot of real estate professionals should be looking at because they have the know-how, they have the understanding, they have the conversational techniques to go in and have a conversation with the seller and say, hey, here's how we're going to run this. Um, so I think that's one real easy uh, play in that, in that sense. And I mean, you could probably go lock up a couple of properties, you know, um, for 10 grand that could equate to anywhere between five and $700 a month, right? Yeah. Through that arbitrage. And I, would, I want to point out to you, I'm going to pause you real quick there go too ahead. on the Airbnb thing. I, I think one, the arbitrage, what, what we, it's not too much different than say as agents where we're not, we don't control the runway there. So it's yep. great. Like, let's take the money from that, that we can, but what do, what do we do with that money? It's really important. And not just a plug because of two of our, two of the guests we've had on here, you, you know, at least one of them, Leanne Harris. Oh yeah. Uh, and she, she talked about um, how she's personally used Airbnb to grow her net worth and how agents can use it to not only help their own net worth, but their clients. And yep. then another guest that we had on Justin Nelson who specifically is, has worked on an, an Airbnb arbitrage model that he is starting to teach now. So I would go back guys and listen to the, Great. to the Leanne Harris and the Justin Nelson episode as well, because they both referenced uh, their Airbnb Leanne a little bit more than Justin, but you're going to get something out of both of them. So thanks for bringing that up, Joe. Like that is, that is absolutely, I think something that we need to be asking ourselves as agents. Like, is there, is there a path for me in that Airbnb world? Right. Okay, cool. That was the nicest, softest shutdown of a direction I was going that I've ever had. So nice, nice work. Uh, have you done this before? <laughs> um, okay, so, so it's closings, it's control, or it's commodity, right? Um, we're, we're in the social media influence age. So how are you going to really stand out if, if, you, if you want to continue doing the real estate professional activities, right? Um, how are you going to go up against, uh, let's see, a character like, uh, I'm just going to throw out like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Do you have the ability, if Gary Vaynerchuk said, I'm getting into real estate, I'm setting up shop in Phoenix, and I'm going directly against Kevin, and you had to go head to head to him, do you have the stroke? When it comes to influence and um, social media wherewithal to go into a listing battle with a Gary Vaynerchuk, right? That's, that's another area that I think we need to really be focusing on because if you haven't yet established yourself as the go-to within your small sphere or your social media sphere, right? The 500 to 1500 um, you know, different folks that are in that, then I think that's one area where you can be capitalizing so easily. It's a consistent daily plug, not a, Hey, I have a three bedroom, two bath, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing an open house. Can we just stop talking about open houses and like door knocking and like, I get it. It works, but man, if we're still so focused on that, right, we're going to miss the future. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, sorry. That again, my own perception. Right. Um, so, you know, really looking at some of these avenues that are uh, taking shape in the industry 
and overall in the world moving forward, how are you plugging into those changes, into the evolution? Um, are you at the forefront of the iBuyer conversation? Do you now have on some of your communication on your email, um, hey, did you know that uh, we make offers uh, cash sight unseen? Right, I mean, it's, it's just lead generation, yeah. you know? Um, so it's, it's really plugging into some of the changes that are taking place and being more at the forefront there. And so I, I get into commodity um, saying you are now the product because this to me is going to, right, it's this funnel. And right, right now we're at the top of the funnel. And like you mentioned, what's going to be the base? Right? Okay. As, as it starts to whittle away, are we going to be, you know, a million? Are we going to be 500,000? Are we going to be 100,000 real estate professionals at the end of the day? Um, so building yourself out as a commodity, as a product, so to speak, um, that is technology forward that can um, speak to the sales avenues that are out there right now. I mean, you start getting into, you know, uh, some of the, the click funnels type stuff. Like, where are you developing your brand and your commodity that you've built up over the last 15 years that can carry you forward with cash flows for the future, right? Um, and, and then it all goes back to what are you doing day in and day out with the, those dollars that you're making to set you up for your future? How are you establishing that investment vehicle that can insulate whether the industry goes away, the rug gets pulled out from under you or not? It ultimately doesn't really, uh, I can't say not matter, but it's a softer landing, like you said. Yeah. So, okay. So let me ask you this question. Talk to me now as if I'm the agent who uh, I've got a successful business. Um, I'm realizing, you know what? I don't have a lot of money going towards my future um, mm -hmm. in case something happens here. And, but I have the ability to like, maybe it's, maybe I've got three or $5,000 or even $10,000 a month, like really decent income where I can say, you know what? I'm going to earmark, uh, let's, I'm going to start lower. I got $3,000 a month right now today that going forward, I could put every penny towards investment in my future. And I don't, it's not going to change my lifestyle one bit. What, okay. what are the questions I should be asking if I'm that agent or what are the steps I should be taking or things I should be looking at if I'm that person who has comfortable income and about $3,000 a month discretionary income? Okay. Um, are you the asset? That's a great question. So is that the question we need? That's what we need to be asking ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Right. I mean, it goes back to the, oh, if something were to happen, heaven forbid, and you couldn't work in your business anymore, how are you going to maintain your family's income? Got it. So let's right? presume the answer is yes. So you're the asset. Yeah. Okay? Um, at that point, you need to start with the end in mind and reverse build your way out of the business, quite frankly. Okay, so okay. that should actually be step one, is like, how do I make it so this income isn't even dependent upon me? Yes. Inside my own, my primary business, which is, in this case, real estate sales. Or maybe, yeah. maybe I'm a mortgage professional. Whatever um, it is. Whatever it is, okay. If, if, the, if the universe revolves around you, um, there's a big issue in place. And that's hard, right, because um, like somebody like you specifically, Kevin, 
Um, you're such a, a wealth of knowledge. Your ability is through the roof. Like you're a special human. And how do you replace yourself as a special human? There, there have to be um, parameters in place that allow you to leverage your world to, that if, if something were to happen, something were to come up, you cannot be the asset. It cannot rely on you. And that's where the investment vehicle comes into play, right? So that's one aspect. Go ahead. Right. So, okay. Okay. But let me ask you this because I got, I know my answer to this, but I'm going to ask you this because I guarantee you there's a listener right now thinking the same thing. I spend my time at the top of the funnel. I'm, I'm the brand. Uh -huh. Can I, can I actually do that? Can I do both? Or is that, are those competing commitments? Yeah. I know my uh, answer. What's your answer? Um, okay. So it, it, it always, it always ends up over with the single agent who is either like, I hate teams. Uh, <laughs> teams are stupid or um, I've done it before. It doesn't work for me. Right. Uh, you have to find a way to make it work for you. So, so um, in regards to you are the brand, um, cool, continue playing the brand. Everything else has to be done though. Everything else has to get handled in the manner that you are setting up for consumers. So if you're, if you're completely trying to, you know, go to the dark and disappear out of the business, that's one thing. But if we're talking about um, purely just setting up a leverage system, right? A business, then um, you you can still play as the brand. I personally, I mean, our our team is called the Alaska Real Estate Team. It's not the the Joe Bell Show um, because that's just the direction I I felt was most comfortable for me. In the event I couldn't be the one day to day, face in face out, because I wasn't interested in that role. I'm tired of meeting at dining room tables. Sorry, it's just me. Do I do it every now and again? Yeah, we've got great friends that want to sell their home and I'm not going to hand them off to somebody um, where they aren't comfortable enough because I've already handled four or five transactions. Right. Right? I'm, I'm just not in that place where I, I just don't care um, about the importance of that because we aren't traveling every single day. I don't have to do it. At some point, I'm probably not going to meet with another uh, another consumer, right? And that's a good Cody Gibson segment, right, for, for his program. But um, yeah, ultimately, are you the asset? And what can you do with that $3,000 to help you no longer be the asset or move into a different role that is going to um, improve your life? Because ultimately, that's what you're after. Yeah, it's, it's the lifestyle. It's so funny. I'm telling you that good buddy of mine who... Um, just close friend, we mastermind all the time. He runs a massive business. He's, you know, 300 units a year at a super small town type of, type of business. And um, he got he, he's got a couple vehicles, but he got rid of the nicer, more expensive one yesterday. And I was like, dude, what did you get? He's like, nothing. I'm putting every single penny of that back into the business. Cause I'm like, I, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm creating more leverage and creating more systems. And I was like, dude, Yes. Love you. Uh, love that you had that, that realization. And I mean, this is a guy that's already crushing it. And now he's going, no, I'm going to make an investment back into the business, getting rid of this personal liability. And I was like, that's, that's pretty damn cool. So 
All right, dude, because, because we're starting to run short on time, like I have to hit you with one last question. It's a couple, couple different parts. So before I do that, anything, do you have any sort of like burning desire topic? You got to make sure we get out in this before I, I hit you with my multi-part last question. Okay. Um, again, I've already somewhat mentioned it. We, we have earned stripes. We've spent time, uh, effort, energy, tears, blood, sweat, the whole nine yards. And for um, a lot of us that have been in more than three years and up to 25 years, I would, I would hate for the lifestyle to be taken from under our feet. So it needs to happen right now. I don't care how you do it. I don't care how much money you have you can find a way to do it, right? Through the arbitrage, you might need just a couple thousand of bucks to go and secure something that can generate three to $500 per month for you, right? Um, if you have more to play with, cool, go find some, some sort of vehicle that's gonna carry you through moving forward, maybe on the long-term if that's your play. Something has to happen. The discipline, I should say, the lack of discipline in our industry amongst our professional like body is just sickening. We have to put some of that money aside to protect ourselves for the future. And I truly think that if, if you're the asset day in and day out right now, regardless of where you're at in your journey in this profession, um, you should be thinking on how to remove yourself, what that looks like, plan it, whether it's 3000 bucks a month, 10,000 bucks a month, you need to have that in mind because ultimately I don't know too many folks that like this is their end game in terms of this is what they had planned for their lifestyle. I'm going to go and meet with people at their dining room table till I'm 83. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know a lot of them. Sure. They're probably out there. Yeah. Right? Most of them, I think get there by default. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. All right. Yep. So not um, by this choice. So, so that's my point. Don't, don't die at your desk. Start, start figuring out how to get unchained from the desk. Cool. So my last question for you, Joe Bell, is tell me what are your top, and I steal this from Dave Asprey, that bulletproof coffee guy. Oh, like, what are your top three pieces of advice, pieces of advice for kicking more ass in life? And this could be business, personal life, whatever. Um, top three pieces of advice. Someone comes to you and says, I just want to kick more ass. What, what yeah. are those three things? Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> you've, you've got to understand who you are and what what speaks to you um you know for a long time i thought i wanted to be something another role and uh through evolution in this industry I, i've come to find what what really makes me happy and like i want to be the superhero in my house that's that's it i want to be around i want to be the superhero in my house and um, my activities day in and day out focus around how do I spend more time with my kids? They're young, right? Six and eight. So, um, so get real comfortable with, with who you are, search the dark places. Okay. Um, second, like you read any Grant Cardone book, right? And it's think further. Um, but just don't get crazy. Right? You, have to, you have to push your boundaries without pushing the boundaries, without understanding what is um, the, the universe level for you. 
right? If you're so focused down here, you'll play here. You have to push beyond those boundaries and go, what am I capable? What is the potential, right? So potential thinking would be my, my second piece. Um, and then uh, number three would be um, more, more physical and body alignment, um, allowing yourself in the morning to uh, get up, have your mineral cocktail. I just talked to Brock Worthen about that. Have your mineral cocktail. Um, I really enjoy some sort of mindset something. Uh, everybody has such a different, you want to go jump in a cold ice bath, go for it, right? Um, but it has to be something. It, it has to be your ritual. It has to be yours only so that you can, um, again, it, I think for me, it's, it's really just having an understanding of, of who you are and um, what works in your world and continue hacking um, all these parameters, all these chains that have been set on you through societal norms to really carve out who you want to be, what you want life to look like, and what makes you happy. Yeah. Love it, dude. So. Ladies and gentlemen. Joe Bell. <laughs> Joe, what's the best way, man? If someone wants to send you a referral in Alaska, like oh, they just want to contact you, they want to learn something more about you, like how do people reach, reach out to you, buddy? Uh, my, uh, my business is solely referral, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, probably one of the, the better places to catch me, um, we've got a Facebook group, Legacy Beyond Listings, so that's all investment driven, go find Legacy Beyond Listings, um, you know, on Facey Space there and, you know, jump in there. Um, otherwise, shoot me an email, uh, joe at joebell.life, L-I-F-E, and um, those are really the only two that I'm willing to give out. Awesome, dude. I love it. Joe Bell, so uh, joebell.life, by the way. I'm going to have to go spend some time just thinking about that. Same. Uh, legacy, <laughs> legacy Beyond Listings, guys, join the Facebook group. Connect with Joe. He's a good dude. Um, he, the guy's got his finger on the pulse of what is going on. And plus, he's easy to give a hard time to and, and have a good time with. So, uh, Joe, thanks a lot for joining us today, dude. I appreciate it. Dude, this was amazing. Thank you so much, Kevin. You're awesome. Keep kicking ass, and uh, we'll catch you here soon. Right back at you, brother. Take it easy. Next Level Agent listeners, we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this. Go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.